Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head, head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hello, hello, hello to the Righteous Ratchet Real community. We just want to say... Thank you for joining us for this latest episode. I am Keisha, and I want you to just hear from Dr. Rane and Dr. Greta as they greet you. Hey, y'all. Hello, good folks. What's going on? So we are so thankful that you're joining us for another episode. We are in the Tuesday before Mother's Day, in the middle of Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we thought we need to come at this thing from a whole different perspective. And so we asked the question, what do you do when it's not quite happy Mother's Day? Where do you find yourself? So there's a lot of big church celebrations that we do, y'all. We have most of them falling within the liturgical um, aspect of church. But there are some real important ones to us Black church folks. Come on, CMEs. Y'all know that every church is going to be packed out three Sundays guaranteed of the year. Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. All right. <laughs> the church house going to be full. You're going to be looking for your parking space. You're going to be looking for your, you know, church pew. And it's going to be a struggle, right? And so Mother's Day is a huge celebration within the Black church. But what do we do when Mother's Day is also a painful day for you. What do we do when the congregation is celebrating, but it feels like they are really throwing darts at you and your pain and your issues? What do we do with those? And so Mother's Day for me is not where my darts get thrown. It is Father's Day. And so I have always had a, even outside of church, I've always created a space within my social media to let people know that I see them. And I see them intentionally from the perspective of when it's not happy for you. Mm -hmm. And I try to cultivate it with words, kindness, giving people resources. Like I've always done that because I understood my own pain around Father's Day and how it can be like, you look at social media and you're like, why? And it can be that way for people for Mother's Day. So Greta, you've shared with us on the podcast even what it means to have your parents, you know, no longer with you when it comes to those end of year holiday celebrations that people had. 
but we hadn't considered or talked about what it means for you during Mother's Day because you speak very lovingly and highly about your mother and how she shaped and formed you into the person that you are. And as the pastor of a Black congregation, I'm sure you have to do and show up and be there for the Mother's Day celebration. How does that affect you? How you know, do you prepare for it? What does that look like for you? So, uh, of course, the first couple were were really hard. Um, but it's not so much, and I'll still come in, it's not so much Mother's and Father's Day for me, it's my birthday. Birthdays for me suck at this point um, because I don't have them. And that that it it's an odd feeling to describe. Mother's and Father's Day, I do okay because I had such loving mother and had a, had such a loving mother and father. So those are really good days for me because the memory of them um, warms my heart. As a pastor, however, it was um, only, well, I don't want to say recently, um, maybe the second year into my pastorate, it hit me. Not everybody has good mothers and fathers. And I was like, oh, wow. And I felt really bad because, you know, that for maybe maybe my third year, the first couple of years, I was heavy into it's Mother's Day, it's Father's Day, rah, rah, rah. And then once I realized it's some, it's some folk, I almost cussed, it's some folk out here who don't need the rah, rah, rah. And I began to be more intentional about naming, like you said, the fact that not everybody has good mother. Not everyone had a um, father who was present. And so what I began to do, especially pre-COVID, because, um, you know, AME Church, we've, we can be highly liturgical. We got litanies and everything. So in my litany, I would I would name that, that we, you know, Lord, we pray for those who may have may not have had um present fathers or present mothers and i honestly the first year i did it guys i could almost feel a sigh of relief in the building because it, it was it gave me a sense that um i i think it just freed some people up to be honest with you to be completely honest and to give them a space to say Wow, somebody sees me, somebody uh, recognizes that not not all mothers and fathers are good and deserve the flowers, so to speak. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely more intentional now about naming that, even having a good close personal you know friend lose her child um, before she, uh, she was born, um, you know, and, and I'll say this, my preaching instructor, always told us when whenever you're doing something, especially preparing sermons or even planning a worship service, take people in a room with you. And, and so remembering the, the mother whose son just died, remembering the mom who just lost her baby, remembering the father who has expressed, I haven't always been there for my child, but I want to be there now. I take all these people into the room with me when I'm uh, preparing my sermons and planning worship services. And so it just, you know, just naming to be more mindful for all our pastors and preachers out there, just to be more mindful of your congregation and, and not everything is rah, 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 hip, hip, hooray. 
Um, it's some folk out there who are really struggling on these days because they've had parents who suck. That is so good that you named that because it does, first of all, give us a framework for what that looks like and how we can intentionally as congregations care for people, even in the midst of celebrating people. And it also reminded me of an article that I read in preparing for this, talking about how um, schools just showing how they can also be trauma aware and not re-traumatize children who are experiencing, you know, places where mothers have not been who they needed to be. And for me, what it it it, it caused me to think about is that honestly, we as the church need to think about what it means to show up as trauma-informed people. Mm. Mm -hmm. We cannot just show up with the, you know, Cinderella, uh, you know, type fairy tale promises, but that we are dealing with real people who mm -hmm. have had real situations. And as the church, we are called to minister to those people. And so we cannot, you know, re-victimize people, but we also cannot just ignore them and not allow ourselves to have space enough to heal them. And so you're just naming it within the litany or creating sermons that name and label those things can be the first time that people don't feel guilty or feel different, feel ashamed that their lives were not the ideal picture that other people have painted. One of the other aspects, though, that they they named in that is that some people feel like they have to show up for their parents and create this ideal picture somehow because it's expected of them, mm. especially as Christians. Mm. So I remember right. like when I was younger and I would like, you know, it's Father's Day. You're supposed to get Father's Day cards. And I remember the struggle mm. because there is no Father's Day card that it could possibly capture the difficulty of what it was to have, you know, my father is my father. Like there were, nobody was writing those words. <laughs> they do not exist. And honestly, he did not deserve to be celebrated, you know, with the Father's Day because he was not being who he needed to be. And so all of those things are how churches can think about, you know, creating spaces to free people up from that. And if I can jump in real quick, because I want to say you've named this before in some way. And, and this is ratchet for me in, in terms of, you know, if we were labeling, I know we're not at the ratchet yet, but can we get churches to not guilt trip folk and, and lay the, well, honor your father and mother so that, but, you know, what do we do and what do we tell and how do we create spaces for people whose mothers and fathers never honored them? Listen, the scripture says, provoke not your children to wrath. That's what the second, that's the B clause. Yes. yes. That your father and mother. And they will never quote that, don't Never. Never. Yeah. never. <laughs> yep. Come on now. We need to tell the truth to shame the devil. Provoke not your children to wrath. Come because, on. yeah, they, it, it's not just on the children. To right. Be right. The parents to do their job. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And to not provoke the kids. Yes. Do right by them. My God, we got to have that conversation. Because why, why, why are we doing this? You know, why are we guilting our, the children into thinking right. that they have to create this lovely, uh, okay, so I have one on my desk. I have one of these Mother Day, Mother's Day projects, crab projects. Oh. Let me show y'all. Those are my, those are my baby things, right? That is such a cute gift. They created that as a Mother's Day gift in church, right? But why, when these babies are coming in, to church school and they are traumatizing. Y'all know that mama ain't part of that baby's life. Why are you forcing them, mm. right? To make these little crafts and things, you know, I mean, you could at least say, well, you know, baby, you can get this to your grandma or to your auntie or to your teacher or to somebody you love. It doesn't have to be their mother, but to insist that it has to go to sister Johnson or, you know, take that home and make sure that get to your mom. No, we got to stop doing it. Right. And that was what the the article I was reading was showing ways that we can still include them so they don't feel othered, mm-hmm. but give them language to explore and to figure out who and how they want to have the day. And can you imagine how different that then leads them down the road to be? Absolutely. So, Ronay, you have an experience as well around this whole idea of mothering and the expectation that comes with Mother's Day based on your household. Do you mind sharing with us? I will share with the people. So, um, Archie and I are legal guardians of my first cousin, and he is a teenager just like our other two biological children, and he is ours. Like, y'all can't tell me that that baby ain't mine. But... I am not called his mother. My mother was the first person to, to raise him. He is not, he doesn't have a relationship with his biological mother and has not had one ever. So my mother was the one to get him as an infant and to raise him until she couldn't anymore. She became ill. And then, you know, we took him on. Uh, she recovered, thank God. And now she lives in our tiny house in the backyard. So, you know, we're all one big happy family. But um, for the longest time, people were trying to call me his mother. And I was like, no, I'm his auntie, you know. And he would go to different places and people would be like, oh, give this to your mama. And he's like, that's not my mother, you know. (laughs) And not really wanting to have to share that part of it. Not that there was any shame there, but he just didn't want to share. That's not your business, y'all. You know, and that should have been okay. But I did have to go and explain that to a few people at the church sometimes, you know, at the school sometimes. Listen, you know, I am his legal guardian. I am his aunt. He calls, I am his, rather, I'm his cousin. He calls me auntie, you know, and that's what it is. My mama is his his mother. So that's just what it is. And people need to to understand that and and give uh, space and room for different families. Families can be all kinds of different configurations and they always have been. It's just that now we're really talking about it in society and really asking people to respect that, you know, and to make space for that. Families don't look like the nuclear family, which is again, you know, it's it's a new con- newer construct. It's a Western construct. We've been had sister mamas and auntie cousins, you know, in our culture. So that's one thing I'll say. And the second thing I'll say is in 2021, I was honored by being called California's mother of the year. So that was like really exciting, right? 
Um, but since then, I've noticed that people kind of watch me with my people who know about this honor, watch me with my kids and like listen to how I talk to them. I'm like, listen, look here, let me, let me tell you, let me let you want a little secret. <laughs> this was an honor, right? This was was an honor. People saying, hey, you're doing a good job. You know, a couple of people said, hey, we want to we want to honor you. This don't mean that I'm the perfect mama. I'm like, listen, my kids will tell you in an instant. <laughs> Our mama got issues, just like everybody else. Our mama is not perfect. Our mama does stuff and says stuff to us, and she has to, to get stuff right, you know? All the time, I apologize to my kids for stuff I said or how I said it, just like anybody else should. It doesn't make me, uh, you know, any kind of great role model, if you will. I just happen to, to, to you know, get it right a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I really want people to stop expecting so much when it comes to situations like this. Stop accepting, expecting so much of your first lady at your church. Mm. She ain't going to be your role model for mothering. Stop ex expecting so much of your pastor at church. She does not have to be your parenting role model. Stop expecting so much of other people, you know, and really focus on your own journey as a mom and your own relationship with your mama. That's all I say about it. Can I jump in and say, we might also need to do a show for the first lady because you said something with that one. First ladies, I think are under so much oh. pressure. I look at how first ladies I've known have been treated versus how my husband as being the first gentleman, if you will, mm -hmm. is treated. It is night and day. The expectation Mm -hmm. is there's almost none for Brad, mm -hmm. but it, for the first lady, the, oh my God, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's something else. Child, and that Proverbs 31 uh, idea has us in a chokehold. You know how I feel about that. I can't stand that. <laughs> I almost said that helper. But anyway, go move it on. <laughs> He's not a helper, I'm sorry. So we, we've named some of the things that are aspects to motherhood um, or Mother's Day that make it difficult, right? And why it's not always happy for everyone. And so we have to think about those, that there are people in our congregations who have lost mothers. There are people who are suffering from infertility. And it can be difficult on Mother's Day because it is a consistent reminder that the thing that they want so badly, they are unable to have. And they are there trying to feel, you know, like that their, their sadness, their bitterness. Can mm -hmm. we name even that word? Because mm -hmm. so often we have language that, you know, does not really deal with the, the, the hurt of what right. it means to be a human. Mm -hmm. And we want to lecture people with rules, but we're not understanding their pain. And these are opportunities for us to create spaces for them to feel not abnormal, but right. that they are normal based on their situation. Um, naming for those who have had traumatic experiences with their mothers. Mm -hmm. Naming for people that, you know, they may not have known their mom. Their mother may have abandoned them. Right. Yeah. And so showing up with this idea that they should have a mother mm. instead of understanding that sometimes you got to reframe that thing for yourself based on the people in your life who are there. Yeah. 
naming for people who have lost children. And sometimes yeah. it is miscarriages, yeah. but sometimes there are mothers who lost their children young. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is a day where they, for whatever reason, may not have any more kids or maybe just that aspect of I should have all my kids here. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that bring pain to Mother's Day. And so there is that tension of the tradition and the social norms and the wanting to celebrate, you know, mothers. I want to ask you guys, do you feel that congregations should consider getting rid of Mother's Day? as a holiday or should we come up with more inclusive ways to talk about it? Rane is ready. Yeah, she's ready. I was going to say something. You go ahead, Rane. She's, she's at the ready. door waiting for this question. She's ready, ready. <laughs> Listen, so I have long been conflicted about Mother's Day even before having children. And here is why. Mother's Day is a money grab it is a money grab. It is a capitalist money grab. It's a Hallmark holiday like a lot of these other holidays. Um, even the person who uh, said she wanted, th that wanted to create a Mother's Day on the calendar, who lobbied for that, she even said, wait a minute. After, after a while, she said, wait a minute. This isn't mm. really what I had in mind. Oh, um, wow. Oh, yeah, I, I wish I could remember her name right right now, but I don't. But y'all Google is your friend. So, <laughs> so I have long felt that the ways in which we celebrate Mother's Day it usually involves cards. It usually involves gifts. It usually involves flowers. It usually involves dinner or candy or whatever. Are we truly honoring mothers by these material things? Are, is, is that really what mama wants? I would love a massage. I love massage. Give me spa gifts. Listen, if, anybody, if my children are listening, <laughs> mother would love a spa gift. But I'm just saying, is this multi-billion dollar industry truly honoring every mother? That's all I want to say about it. And in the church, are we also feeding into that narrative? Mm. Because capitalism is not our friend. Mm. Okay. Well, I just, I just want to put that out there. I, I make a make of it what you will. That's very interesting. And honestly, I hadn't thought about it. I think about Christmas like that. I hadn't thought about mother's day and father's day. Um, as a mother. Yes. I love, uh, a good piece of candy. I ain't gonna lie. Don't stop that one. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I am in favor of celebrating Mother's Day. I really am. Um, I am. I, I haven't celebrated my own um, being celebrated as one. But it's not so much about the material things for me. I think it's just the recognition um, when my mother was living and, 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 and trust me, I didn't need a day to do that. I, I tried to do that every day. And I think my husband tries to do that on a daily. So it, it's not necessarily that, but I think it's something to be said about just taking a moment, taking a day to recognize and make mothers feel special. Mm -hmm. However, we know there's two sides to every coin. So my heart goes out for those who aren't being recognized, who aren't being seen, uh, who have lost children. 
and and I want to just add this in there because I wanted to say this when you mentioned when you mentioned something, but with the church, when you're preaching on Mother's Day, and you, and, and I know this is going to come up in our righteous part, but and you're talking about Hannah, please don't tell mothers that if they just pray, they can have a child. Listen, I just I just have to say that because that that's wrong, y'all. That is just dead a double s wrong, and that's it. I'm sorry, but yes, that, I'm in that was ratchet before it. the ratchet. <laughs> I, I can't stand that. <laughs> um, but yes, I am in favor of celebrating Mother's Day. Yay for Mother's Day! Um, because my relationship with my mother is so good. I think I can see it. You know, I, I see the tension of obviously with Father's Day, but I try to be mindful to recognize that there are people who are who are good mm -hmm. and good at it. Mm -hmm. And they deserve their flowers while they're alive. They des they deserve all of it. But as the church, we have to hold yeah. within ourselves that tension of yeah the celebration and the morning because we say yeah. it so flippantly we celebrate when we all celebrate you know we, when one celebrates we all celebrate and when we mourn we all mourn when one mourn we all mourn mm -hmm. and i think we have to recognize that there are both mourning and celebration in the pew right in the pulpit you know on that day right and then right we have to be intentional about creating worship that does mm -hmm. and gives life to both of those things. Right. One right. of the things that we have done as a women's ministry, cause you know, and it's going to be like mother day tea, mother's day tea that Saturday or something. You know what I mean? Prayer breakfast tea. <laughs> <laughs> All that. But oh, we have, I was like my, um, well, Pastor Kelly, y'all, she's been on the, on the podcast several times, but she's always, you know, created spaces where we name the people who may not be in those, you know, in those particular um, aspects. She also, we have done a great job of, of understanding that mothering Mm -hmm, is a mm -hmm. completely different aspect right. than being a birthing mother. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. I think that Mother's Day is our opportunity to recognize those who fill the role of mothering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it allows us to kind of peel back and not just focus in on the trauma mm -hmm. of the day, but we can focus in. So like um, when we give out flowers, they acknowledge mm -hmm. the great grandmothers, the grandmothers, the mothers, mm -hmm. godmothers. Mm -hmm. We acknowledge those who are teachers and in mother, other mothering roles within their lives that they consider themselves mothers. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. it gives people the space to stand up when they feel like their name has been called in the role of the mothering figures. And so they're not feeling like the outsider because they cannot say that they have birthed children. Yeah. So I think that that is something that we intentionally have to do um, when we're talking about this. So the righteous aspect, y'all, we want to name that even in the Bible, there is not just one idea of motherhood in which it is a norm aspect 
of mothering, although the church may preach it in that way and teach it in that way. There is not one. And so there are mothers in the Bible who we be like, child, she probably ain't need no flowers. She did created her own set of drama for children. Rebecca, bless her heart. Mm. When you have a favorite child. That's yeah. And you're willing yeah. to steal from one child to yeah. give to your favorite child. You probably. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> she don't give them mahogany gift card. She don't give them mahogany uh, greeting. No. Mm-mm. There, there, there is no no card for that one. They quite deals with that aspect of motherhood, but the biblical text shows us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that there are people who have issues as mothers, and there is no idea yeah. of this norm and beautiful picture. We also need to talk about Penina and Hannah because infertility is a thing and it is within our congregations there is are people who are who lose children there are people whose wombs are taken from them you know like there are so many aspects that are traumatic and hurtful when we talk about motherhood and so y'all panina spent her whole time clowning and being rude and mean and tearing down hannah because mm-hmm. she could not have the very thing that she had been praying and believing for and greta had already talked about that preachers do better about Please. the way that you handle people who have fertility issues don't make promises that god ain't told you to make thank you for him okay thank you And so even within those texts, I think that it's important that we even consider the fact that we can preach and teach and show mothering from different aspects, Mm -hmm. free people up to think that, hey, and this is this is really a whole other episode. I have it down. I'm going to do it that you don't have to wait till you get married to have a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you can create your family when you want to, when you feel that you are able to do it, you can you can make that happen for yourself. So. There's so many ways that we can even not pigeonhole people into grieving on Mother's Day because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna tell people lock your legs, don't have mother, don't have children. And then when they're grieving on Mother's Day, we're just celebrating mothers. Lock them down. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. The so, phrases we've had today. My God. <laughs> the the assumption for mothers, this is the ratchet, y'all. The assumption that mothering and mothers and children relationships are all good mm-hmm. is ratchet. ratchet. Do not assume about anybody's relationship with their mother based on your relationship. Right. Praise God that you had a good relationship, but do not project that right. onto somebody else, mm, okay? Right. Because maternal narcissism does exist. Mm. There are people who cannot show up for their children the way that they need to. Mm. Psychology today says it this way. For those who didn't have a loving mother, it's a type of post-traumatic stress. Wow. They have to walk into our churches and be confronted over and over again about the lack of mothering that they receive. Mm. And so I definitely can speak to that experience, y'all. I can, I can say that it is something... To have to live the over and over again what you did not have, mm, what you did not be modeled, what you did not experience. Because Jeez. when you see that celebration, you think to yourself, why didn't I have that? Shouldn't I have had that? Yeah. And so it is a re-traumatizing experience. 
But I want to just ask you guys, how do you care for yourself when these church days are triggering? So one member of my church uh, had lost her mother and her mother was everything to her. And she was talking to me about it. And I was like, don't come to church on Mother's Day. Do what yeah. you do. Do something that your mother loved to do with you. Do that. Yeah. Because we're going to be here. <laughs> we're going to be here. And, you know, I, I, sometimes the answers are not in coming to worship services. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the answer is really being gentle and tender with yourself, mm -hmm. creating that boundary yourself, mm. knowing if this is going to be all about mothers and y'all not going to stop to honor the ones grieving, then, hey, you already know what this is. Do not go to church. Do something that's going to feed you, right? And soothe your spirit. Take care of yourself. I think that word is a long time coming for a lot of folk to, to give people license. I don't want to say permission, but to just to name that and give people license and space to, to say, you know what? I ain't going today. That's, that's going to trigger me. That's going to make me feel mm -hmm. some kind of way. Whether you are a mother or the child. Yep. Because we still have mothers who didn't show up for whatever reason, and they still want their children to come with them to church. And yeah, that's that might not be the, the best thing for you to do that day. That's right. Yeah. So and and that's OK to, to yeah. be like, you know, I, some something else has come up or I'm not going to be able to make it or just I don't want to go. Yes. I, I literally have excused myself some Sundays, some, you know, because every year is different, right? Mm -hmm. Like some years, I don't care. But some years I can feel myself leading up to it being like, mm, this ain't going to be a good year. Mm -hmm. And so rather than having to cry <laughs> while I'm in church and feeling all my feels, I'm like, right. let me just excuse myself from church that day. This is not going to be the year for it. I, I, I don't have it in me. Yeah, I think boundaries are so important. And sometimes we go through life without them. And mm -hmm. then we wonder why am I having this feeling or why, why is this going on? But boundaries are our friends, guys. You have to know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what triggers you, what makes you do whatever it is that you do and feel and create boundaries so that you can protect yourself. Not walls, but boundaries. Yes. Boundaries. Yes. And, and we, talked, we talked about this with the holidays. And I think mm -hmm. it's also, you know, the Christmas holidays already know what are triggering moments for you. Mm -hmm. And don't wait till you feel the emotion to then try to have to catch it there. But know that this is coming. Know that there are some days and establish your self-care routine, mm -hmm. your care routine ahead of time. Figure it out. What is that going to look like? Do you need to, you know, say this is the day I'm going to go to brunch with my friends because they understand where I am and I can feel safe here? Right. Is it, you know, for yourself, you're going to say, I, I'm going to go ahead and schedule with my therapist. I haven't needed them, but I recognize this day is coming. So let me get a couple sessions in beforehand to help me through this. That's right. um, one of the other aspects um, I was reading about, and I know that I've done this for myself, is to reframe the day based on your needs. I've had to actively 
think about the father figures. My grandfather was a wonderful person who showed up in my life. And so rather than allowing my father to steal all the joy of the day, I, I come in saying, let me reframe the day and let me think about those who have been present for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some years that works, some years it doesn't, <laughs> but, you know, recognizing that one of the other things that a psychologist said is celebrate your own motherhood. If you are a mother and you did not have a good mother, you can still celebrate you and how you're showing up and how you have broken that cycle, how you are experience, are showing up to the world as a completely different person than your mother did. And the other aspect is don't live in the world of should because that's good. You should have, could have, would have. You can live in the world of what the should have been. And that just brings you down in a whole other way. So recognize it is what it is mm -hmm. and don't live in the should. And y'all, sometimes just like we avoid church, avoid social media. Ooh. Just yeah. Because you're going to see all the stories of the people and how they were celebrating and you're like, no, I can't. So yeah. we know that as the church, we can do better. As people of faith, we can do better to help those who are experiencing things to um, experience in this particular pain to avoid just triggering them and leaving them there. Because I think that that is the, the worst thing is that we trigger them and then we just walk out the door. Yeah. Say the benediction and go home. Go yeah. get some chicken. <laughs> and so we have to, as a faith community, consider our congregation's edges. That's right. And That's minister right. to the edges. When we talk about preaching to those on the margin, mm -hmm. it is not just those that are poor. Those that are on the margin are those that have experienced trauma, that are living, you know, through these things. We minister to them as well. And we need to be more intentional about that. Yeah, yeah. Ladies, do you have anything that you want to add before we say goodbye to folks? Uh, only that no is a complete sentence and a holy word. That's, that's it. That's it. Do what you need to do to take care of you and to protect your heart and your spirit. Yes. So to those who have stepped into the role of motherhood, Happy Mother's Day early Yay. to those who are walking through the tension of Mother's Day. We see you. We send and extend our prayers, our love to you. And we pray that you find peace on Sunday created for yourself, whatever that looks like to bring you peace in the journey of the heaviness of the day. We are so grateful for you guys. Please, if you know somebody who is not going to see happy in the, ha in, in the Mother's Day on Sunday, share this episode with them or just show up for them the way that you can to help them navigate that space. Please, as always, catch us on all of our social media platforms. Say, hey, what's up? Tag us, you know, tag a friend in the comments. Let them know that new episodes are out. And speaking of new episodes, y'all, we're preparing you ahead of time. We are going to be on a hiatus for two months, y'all, to care for ourselves. And so 
just know that we will be back in August. So, you know, just look forward to it, but also look forward to just having us have our rest and come back rejuvenated with new topics and new things to explore. So look out for season two dropping the first August in Tuesday, uh, the first Tuesday in August. <laughs> but we have two more episodes and a live that you get to listen to and know that, you know, we still here. We're going through this thing called the righteous ratchet and realness of life. And we're glad that you're along for the journey. All right. Peace out, people. Peace. Bye.